Hey guys, this is Rob Carbone. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankee info than by listening to this podcast right here, right now. Wow. I mean, wow. (laughs) What? What's going on, guys? Rob Carbone here on a Wednesday night about 11 p.m. BD4 episode 17. Um, I mean, I'm starting off laughing because it's just funny at this point with these guys. They just, first of all, the Baltimore Orioles are a, a pathetic, pathetic franchise at the moment. Wow. I mean, you can't get more embarrassing than that, can you? How many dropped balls, how many bad throws, how many just home runs are they going to display for us? Holy shit. They're a terrible baseball team. I mean, forget the fact you know, they're embarrassing enough on the field, but you look in the crowd and it's all Yankees fans. <laughs> Goddamn people were chanting Gio's name after his second homer tonight. <laughs> it's hilarious. There's nothing there but Yankee fans. And on the field... They're making shit mistakes. And in the dugout, Chris Davis is getting into altercations. I mean, they're just a sad, pathetic joke right now. And even Jack Curry said it on Yes Network on the postgame tonight. They're a sorry team. Can't describe it much better than that. They are a sorry team. But you know what? That's how you win divisions, folks. And the Yankees just keep beating up on sorry teams like the Orioles. And this weekend, they swept them outscoring the hell out of them 32 to 12 in these three games you know game one was not as big of a blowout as the game like tonight was but they got it done uh Tanaka pitched that game he was shit we'll get to him later but I mean who there's no there's really no point in recapping the series game by game by game because like I said it was just complete and utter obliteration you know, when you outscore a team so badly and when you score so many runs, there's not much to talk about but just, like, scoring runs. They did what the Yankees have been doing all year. Um, I will say now, now that they've won eight straight, I believe this whole winning streak has beca- has uh, has took place after the trade deadline. You know, maybe it's a little statement from the Yankees saying, you know, this is us. Don't forget about us. We can still do this. You know, they pitch better during this post-deadline stretch. They've played remarkable ball. I mean, you can't do better than going undefeated. So maybe it's a statement. We'll see. But if you ask me, I'm still not confident about this rotation. But we did receive some good news about Severino today. Plans to get on a mound soon. I think Friday, they said. I don't really, I don't know the exact day, but got some good news there. But yeah, man, the Yankees just keep on mashing baseballs. And tonight, it was another one. Yesterday, it was Mike Talkman. The day before, it was Mike Talkman. He had three-hit game, a couple homers last night, and tonight, well, he didn't do much. Other guys stepped up tonight. Gio Urshela, two more home runs, three hits. Let's. I want to talk about the bench. I wrote an article earlier today, if you want to check that out first, about how the Yankee bench has been such a value this year. It's They've been so invaluable to this club. You know, where would they be without these guys? How would we be 75 and 39 
without Cameron Mabin, without Gio Urshela, without uh, Mike Talkman, without even Austin Romine, Kyle Higgy-Shihoka, even Mike Ford you can throw in. Without all these bench pieces, where the hell would this squad be? Brett Gardner you can count as a bench piece because he wasn't really starting at the start of the season. I mean, where would they be without these next men up? You know what I mean? Urshela, man. I In the beginning of the year with Urshela, I was telling everybody, it was like late May, right? Thinking about, okay, is this guy for real? And I'm saying this to everybody. I'm telling everybody, you know what? He's going to calm down eventually. He'll regress to his mean. I just want him to hit 250. Give me a near 700 OPS, and I'll deal with that for the rest of the season if he keeps playing elite defense. Well, folks, folks, it's August 7th, and tonight Gio Urshela just hit his 13th and 14th home run of the year, his 26th double, and while he's he's also hitting 319, 910. Okay, so he's not even doing. He didn't. He hasn't slowed down, man. The kid is just hitting. It's remarkable at this point, man. He's about to Wally Pip, the guy who just Wally Pipped someone last year. I mean, that's what we're starting to think, right? Obviously, we have to let the rest of the year play out, see how he does, especially in the postseason. But I mean, you have nothing but I have nothing but respect for this guy, just to come out of nowhere and start performing on the big stage of New York. You know, he's now a key cog in this lineup. Right underneath DJ. Some would say right at the top with DJ. Urshela is there. Having an A year. An A plus year. And then Mabin. Mabin has four hits tonight, guys. He hits another home run. Cameron Mabin's hitting 327 and you're barely hearing this guy's name. Now, I don't blame the barely part because we have so many guys performing. It's hard to keep track of them all. But yeah, Mabin's doing pretty damn good as well. Decent sample size of 51 games with the Bronx Bombers now too. Or the Rail Riders. So uh, Urshela doing it. Mabin doing it. Goddamn Talkman. 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 I was never... I wasn't wasn't a big Talkman fan when he first came up. You know, and (laughs) kind of everybody was kind of iffy on him. You know, the Yankees were saying, oh, he's Voight 2.0. Ah, bullshit, I said, right? <laughs> this guy hasn't shown me shit. But, I mean, his weekend, his week, his series against the O's was only three games out of his last, like, 20 where he's been hot. So don't be mistaken. This isn't just lately. This is for about a good month. Talkman's been on fire since getting recalled. I think his average is at, like, 297. His OPS is also over 900 by a good margin. And this guy's important, man, because of all the outfield injuries we have going on this year. That's been the play, That's been the uh, position that, that's taken the most hits this season has been the outfield. But Talkman's filling in, providing literally all five tools of his game. He's got a, he's got a terrific arm. We saw him rob that home run last night thanks to his speed. And his glove. And then at the plate. Gives you that lefty pop. Right? 
And, you know, he can make fair contact, and he hits the ball for average, man. Uses all fields. And it starts, you start begging the question. I saw somebody posted on Twitter today that if Hicks keeps getting injured, you're paying him cheap money. Long, long, uh, long contract, but cheap money. If he keeps getting hurt and, and struggles to stay on the field, do you, you know, give Talkman some more time in center field? Does Talkman eventually become your everyday guy? I don't know. It's it's so early to tell because there's so much yet to see, you know, but it's certainly going to be interesting to see what they do, how they juggle this when it come, when everybody starts getting back, if everybody starts coming back. But, I mean, I would keep playing Talkman. I would keep playing Maven, keep playing everybody until this whole thing, until they start to regress, if they start to regress. I don't like messing with the rhythm. And, you know, even the... Even, this is going to hurt some people, but I mean, I love what Roman and Higashioka are doing. I wouldn't, you know, if Sanchez, when Sanchez comes back this weekend, if he continues to struggle like he did for the past month and a half before he went on the DL, I wouldn't hesitate to, you know, keep putting Roman and Higgy in there because they're producing the hell out of the ball. Now, I get that it was the Orioles padding their numbers, but it goes back further than that, especially for Roman. Romine's a very good run producer. People may not know this, but you know he produces runs when he gets his time. The RBI numbers are very good for the amount of games he plays in. I wouldn't hesitate. I mean, I know it's going to hurt. Now, Gary Sanchez you know, is a very, very strong bat. Clearly the superior weapon, both offensively and you, know, you could argue defensively, but... He was slumping, and this team is rolling right now with with what they have out there. All I'm saying is I would have a quick trigger on some of these returning guys. Until they start to slow down, that's 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 the benefit of having a lot of depth. So, you know, the bench has been spectacular, man, and <laughs> can't ask for more. Guardy, Talkman, Urshela, Maven, blah, blah, blah. Everybody on that bench has provided such good such good uh, performances. It's such an important part to a World Series team, too. If you're going to make a run in October, you're going to have to have a bench. You know, the Astros had, some, had a good bench when they won the World Series. Last year, Boston had Steve Pierce show up big time. Uh, they had, who on the, what's his name, Evaldi. You know, just, it's okay to have journeymen because, you know, every once in a while, they'll rise to the occasion. And that's, the Yankees have a bunch of them. They're rising to the occasion. So, bench has been spectacular. And, you know, even the starters, man. You look at Judge. Maybe Judge is starting to get some of that power back. Maybe. A couple doubles this this past week. A home run in there. Tonight he picks up an RBI single. Maybe he's getting there. Small, small, you know, sample size that I just read off to you. But maybe he's getting there. Um... Paxton tonight, I thought he looked great tonight, man. He uh, Once again, he was relying on that fastball curve sequence that he did so well with last time out against Boston last week when he gave us six strong. Tonight, he went two outs into the seventh, allowed just one run against Baltimore, struck out seven. And yeah, it was again, it was fastball curveball. He threw 30 breaking pitches. Um, 
threw 108 pitches total. 30 of them broke. So it was nice to see him using that more because he's much more effective when he's you know using that curveball out there, and it's it's one of his better pitches. Could be his best pitch. So when he uses that pitch, he's good. That's two straight starts in a row now for Paxton, um, where he's picked up at QS. So you got to hope he gets some consistency now going forward because enough of this too good, too bad, too good, too bad, and so forth. He's got to pick it up because he's the key to this rotation going forward. You know, if Luis Severino doesn't come back effectively or if he doesn't come back at all, the Yankees are going to look at James Paxton, you know, as, okay, you're our guy. We got you to be a number one, a number two at worst. Time to step up and perform like one. And that's especially considering <clears throat> how everybody else has pitched all year. You look at Masahiro Tanaka, his uh, splitter has been inconsistent all season long. And that's that's being nice. You know, it's, he's not had a consistent rhythm out there. Every other outing is a completely different result. And it even seems like now his good outings are mediocre. Like, he hasn't had a dominant one in a while. And, you know, you, everybody's going to say, you know, oh, Tanaka, Tanaka, he steps up in the playoffs. Which, you know, he's done. But, guys, it's five starts. You know, he doesn't have no resume of Madison Bumgarner where he's got a bunch of innings under his belt, bunch of starts. I mean, he could go out there this October and shit the bed. I wouldn't be too shocked. You know what I mean? Because it's five starts. It's not It's not a whole resume of experience. So it's just something to keep an eye on, which is why, like I said, which is why Paxton is so important. Right now, you can't rely on Tanaka, and you know what Jay Happ is, right? We know what he is. He's in. He's your your typical number five. He's mediocre at best and pathetic at worst. You know, there's no high ceiling with a uh, with a number five like Happ. He's a 36 year old journeyman on the decline. You're not going to get much. Uh, Domingo Herman, the Yankees is ace. I guess this season, right? But he's on an innings limit, guys. And I hate that shit to begin with, but I'm not making the decisions here. He's on an innings limit, and how is that going to affect the rest of his season? How's that? How are you going to do that in the playoffs? If you're going to put this guy in the limit, how is that going to work? So there are some real legitimate questions here. Which, again, it all goes back to why we need Paxton to step up and be that seven innings, two runs, no worse ace. So it's important that he keeps pitching well like he's done lately, his last two games. So hopefully he can keep that moving. Um, And hopefully the Yankees keep on winning because we need this home field advantage, man. We need that for the playoffs. And another thing, we need everybody to get healthy first. Please get healthy. Labor Torres, the latest one to make you know make the noise on the Yankee front. Um, I think we got good news tonight, right? We think we did. I mean, he's uh, so he's not going to be. Well, they said he's not going to go on the DL, but I learned not to listen to anything the Yankees say anymore. 
But, I mean, they said he's not going to go on the DL, but they don't know the injury yet. <laughs> but the good news is, you know, if they're right this time, we get Glaber back soon, and day-to-day will be the worst it is. But, yeah, we do need to get healthy. I mean, this whole thing with the injuries this year has just been ridiculous. Especially with Glaber. I mean, it all started... Sunday night, right? He was pulled due to a core issue, quote-unquote. Sent him to the hospital after the game. Hours later, he's fine. And then they put him in the lineup the next day, which was game one against the O's here. They shouldn't have put him in the lineup. Okay, whatever. He goes 0 for 5, 2Ks, looks terrible. You figured, oh, maybe they'll just give him a day off tomorrow, and then they realize that he doesn't look good. No, he plays the next day as well. Goes 0 for 2, strikes out in his second at-bat, flailing on a low and away slider. Looks terrible. And then they, you know, it's it's like, what are we doing here? And then the news comes out where they didn't even give the guy an MRI. And how could you not see this? Goes to the damn hospital. The hospital. And you play him the next two games? Never even gave him an MRI. The whole thing is bizarre. And this medical staff has just been one one big joke. Really. And how bad... And it goes back to last year, man. The Gregorius injury in Game 2 of the ALDS. He popped his elbow on that play off the wall when McCutcheon threw him in. Threw it in. He played the rest of that game. Played all of Game 3. All of Game 4. And we didn't get news until the end of the season press conference after game five from Boone um, that said he'll be out for the start of this year, 2019. I mean, how do they mess so many things up? You know, you can go about, talk about Hicks, 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 the back injury in late February. Remember? Well, this, oh, he'll be all right. He'll come back a few days later. Well, a few days later, he's still comfortable. He's still uncomfortable. They shut him down. About 10 days later, gets a cortisone shot. Six days after that cortisone shot, he gets another cortisone shot. And then they go to us, oh, we'll sit, we're going to shut him down for the rest of the spring. But he'll be back by opening day, Hicks. <laughs> Proceeds to miss the first 41 games. I mean, there's this metal, they have no clue what they're doing in there, man. They have no clue whatsoever. It can go on and on. The whole Severino thing. You know, the shoulder discomfort. The Yankees not realizing that he told him he had lat pain as well. All the setbacks. Batances, Stanton, Miggy, Voigt, Clint. I mean, their medical staff is one giant joke. <laughs> so you wonder if everybody's eventually going to be healthy at all. Like, is it going to stop? There needs to be some firings. <laughs> I mean, What? How bad has it become? I mean, it's really bad. But you got to hope it's just... I, my, my, the thing with me is we have so much depth, right? That even if worse comes to worse and not many players come back and the players that are in there start to regress, we have a guy like Clint Frazier we can throw out there. We have a guy like Estrada. Both seem to be major league ready. I'm not really that worried about the offense as long as everybody else on the field stays on the field. I still think they can get by that way. Um, 
my issue, like I said just 10 minutes ago, is going to be that starting pitching. How's it going to match up with Houston? But, um, yeah, no, that's that's what I got right now. Injuries and pitching. That's what the story is going to be going forward in October. But for right now, we've got to wrap up this regular season with a strong next two months, a strong final two months. Win the division, get home field advantage, just keep beating up on shitty teams, and uh, let's go play some baseball tomorrow. All right, guys, I'll see you, I'll see you for the Toronto game. Uh, that's at 7.07, and it'll be at Rogers Center, so they're still away on the road. I believe they come back home after that to host Baltimore, if I'm correct. But yeah, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you so much for stopping by. Once again, this has been Rob Carbone. Episode 17 of BD4, and I am going to bed because I'm tired and I have to work tomorrow. All right, guys. Ciao.